All right, folks, here we go. Another week is coming going in the NFL. It's the look back week 10. Well, we all knew that for the Eagles, going 17-0 was a pipe dream, but it's not a real dream. The real dream is to win it all. And unfortunately, Monday night was a reminder of how this league is. It's in any given week. And they were caught smelling themselves this time. You know, self-inflicted wounds, as I say, unfortunately. That's what happened on this Monday night. They came in with a good game plan, but Washington apparently wanted it more. Even though there was controversy, like there always is in, in, in games that are sloppy and turnover prone, there are some things that we are at fault. There's things that the refs are at fault. It was an obvious disaster. It was obviously a bad deal. Unfortunately, a bad, a very bad missed call by the refs cost us, cost us possession and our tight end. So there's a lot of a lot of you know, a lot of questions to be answered, and unfortunately, we are not nine and zero. We're eight and one. But like I said, the, but there is a glaring concern, and that is the run defense, and that once again reared his ugly head. That's why once again, give a lot of credit to uh, Howie Roseman. He decided to make a move. Today to get Linval Joseph. He's a good run stopper. Obviously, unfortunately, when you're looking at um, Jordan Davis, who will still be out for another couple more weeks. So, all right, gentlemen, your thoughts on this tough game. And is there any concerns now for the Eagles? Is Are y'all concerned about this loss or is it just what it is? a tough loss, obviously. Um, before I get into that, though, you know, I will say no, nobody expected an undefeated season. Just even a week ago, we all knew the Eagles would lose a game at some point. So, you know, it is what it is. They lost to a divisional rival. It happens. Um, I will say I am sick of this whole uh, 72 Dolphins and you know, Larry Zonka and Mercury yeah, yeah, yeah. Morris and this nonsense every year with it. You, you got like 75-year-old men over here drinking champagne because somebody lost the game. It's like, grow up, man. Yeah. Even, like, it's a joke. It's a joke. You know, they, they, they went undefeated back in the 70s when, you know, there wasn't, let's just face it, the, the talent level was nothing near what it what is now. The, uh, there's no salary cap. You could build a super team and be great for five, ten years. Um, I mean, it's a joke, man. These guys going crazy because they're, they're still the only undefeated team ever. It's not. It, and, and by the way, you know, their entire season they went seventeen and zero. Seventeen and zero nowadays is the regular season. You still have to go through the playoffs. So, um, I mean, come on, grow up. <laughs> you know. Now? But uh, beyond that, this game, yeah, I mean, it did expose some holes on this team. Um, obviously, we, we, the last couple of weeks, we've had some injuries. Um, Jordan Davis is out for a bit. Avante Maddox is out for a bit. Now Dallas Goddard. Um, 
we have to overcome that. And I think they got the, the depth to, to do it. The addition of Lindell Joseph is big because when you go back to week one and we got gashed by the Lions in the running game, and I was telling you back then um, when we talked about that game, you know, this the thing about this defense, man, these defensive tackles, they're very specific on what they can do. Um, um, Javon Hargrave, he can't stop the run. He's great at rushing the passer. He's horrible at stopping the run. Um, uh, Jordan Davis, he's great at stopping the run. He, uh, he can get a little bit of pressure here and there. He's not a run stopper, so he's not a pass rusher. Um, Milton Williams is a young guy that's got talent, but he hasn't shown a whole lot. You know, he actually graded out pretty well in that last game, but you know, he hasn't gotten a lot of playing time. And then Fletcher Cox, I've been saying this for two years now. This guy's toast, man. He's finished. He's horrible. And he's getting so many uh, he's getting so many snaps. I mean, he's got to be reduced. I said this back after week one. He's got to be reduced to a part-time role on this team. He, he shouldn't even be on this team at this point. He's horrible. You know? I mean, he ranks 44th out of 66 defensive tackles in a Pro Football Focus is uh, uh, ratings for the season. I mean, he, he's at best an average defensive tackle in the NFL. He should be a rotational player, and we're paying him fourteen million dollars. Um, <laughs> you know, the addition of Rimbaud Joseph will help because we do need a run stopper, and uh, Marlon Tweepelove too. You know, he can't. He, he just can't play in the NFL. So, you know, for the next couple weeks, Joseph. Will provide some nice, uh, nice uh, ability there to clog the middle until Jordan Davis is ready to go. So that'll help a lot. But um, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me in terms of it, things that got exposed was uh, Jonathan Gannon. I mean, oh my God, I don't know what to say, man. I mean. I was starting to gain some confidence in the guy over the course of the season. He was making some adjustments, playing the defense. And then you come into this game, actually you come into the tight, the Texans game two weeks ago, and uh, it's the same nonsense. It's that same base defense, no adjustment at halftime. Let them just do whatever they do. Uh, don't adjust to what they're doing. Don't adjust to how they're having success against you. And then second half is it's more of the same, and we had that again this week, man. I mean, they ran all over us. We did nothing to make it better on defense. Um, you know, you got a quarterback back there and an offense, an offensive line that can't really pass block. They can run block, they can't pass block. And you got a quarterback that back there that'll turn the ball over at will. And uh, we bring no blitz. You know, you got a run def- a running game that's running all over us. We we bring no. Uh, run blitzes. Um, we do nothing to really negate the running game. They're just running right up our ass, right up the middle, every play. And uh, it was pretty terrible. And, I mean, on offense, yeah, it was it, the first half. I mean, that was on coaching, man. That was on coaching, too. That game plan to start the first half was pretty terrible. We barely ran the ball at all. Uh, and we didn't really do much. You know, second half, at least I can say for the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball, at least in the second half, they did make some adjustments and started running the ball and we started moving the ball. But uh, I, I think this game was more on coaching than anything and um, maybe a couple of veterans that just really haven't been showing up. But I'm, pu- I'm placing this loss on the coaching. 
Boom. Okay. Yes, this um this game I had to go back because I was bowling since Rob you know, took the night off and got to watch it his entirety. First half, I'm just kind of looking up at the screen now and then and saying, what's going on? I just remember looking at the screen and seeing Washington drive, and then I was bold, and then I did something else. I look up, I'm like, wait, they still got the ball? And then I bowl, and I'm like, wait, they still got the ball? And now that I got to go back and watch it in super speed, because I just ran through it um, through my YouTube TV at one and a half times speed. I watched the whole first half in like 40 minutes. And... 16 play drive, 86 yards, seven minutes and four seconds. Uh, the, the previous drive was about 15 plays. And I was just thinking, what the world is going on here? I know we have a struggle with run defense. We, I saw it in Houston. Houston had the time possession on us too, but I was fine with it because they couldn't score. So uh, you can have all the time possession you want if you don't score, and we're scoring. But things didn't work out that way here. Washington actually figured out how to punch it in. And that's what uh, killed us. And the Eagles' talent is still so much better that they still had a shot. Even after the turnovers, even after the blatant missed calls, still had a shot uh, to win this game. And then you see the final score looks like we lost by 11. Um, But it's very distressing to see a team just run off tackle all night long. And there's nothing to do about it. They weren't getting big gashes. Get the three or four. Get your three and four. But they were converting third downs over and over and over again. What was the final number? Was it 12 out of 16 or 12 out of 17 third down conversions? They converted five straight third downs in the first half. And I was just like, come on, boys. What? Why are you resorting back to the old ways? What's Mr. Gannon <laughs> doing? Or is it just the players is aren't equipped to handle. Like I said, maybe Fletcher Cox is, maybe it's a done deal. You know, maybe we've seen the best of him um, already and we desperately need Mr. Davis back. Or uh, I, I, but I know one of the things that we need to do that we didn't do this, even though it's it's ironic because we did score right away. We did do what we normally do. Got the turnover, boom. Turn into a touchdown, even after that botch block punt situation. My God, the special teams. I don't want to go into that. I don't know how you just run right into the, the punter. Like, everybody teaches you to dive at the feet. <laughs> Those two guys ran standing up into the punter. But it turned out it worked out for us. So we got the touchdown. So I'm thinking I'm feeling pretty good at that point. But then Washington gets the ball and they boom, 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 score. Okay, fine. We get the ball. Boom, 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 score. I'm like, all right, we're good. And to think, I did not think that in the first quarter we scored 14 points that we would not see another touchdown for the rest of the game. That is amazing. They, the second quarter, it used to be our quarter, and they dominated us 13 to nothing in the second quarter. Their field goal kicker, kicking 55, 58-yarders. <laughs> they, and, what, and what really hurt my soul was watching them go for it twice on fourth down. That shows no respect. That, and they converted them. <laughs> <laughs> These two of them, I think they went two out of three, or fourth down. So they came in just as confident as they want to be. I guess they felt good after they came close to beating Minnesota, but they blew it last week. They should have beat them. Um, it seems that's how Minnesota wins all the games <laughs> at the last minute. But Washington is feeling pretty good about themselves, and I was concerned about having Taylor. I so wanted Carson to play. There was a guaranteed W, but I think we what we witnessed. 
is the end of the Carson Wentz era. There is no way they go back to Carson after this. Yeah, I mean, like I said, just like, of course, you, you were bowling. I took the night off to watch this, you know, primetime game. My buddy, unfortunately, things just didn't go well. I mean, you kind of felt the, 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 the motion there when they ran to that kicker. Now, luckily, they turned that into a turnover and a touchdown, but you kind of felt like, okay, this may not work tonight. And give the commanders a lot of credit. They, they obviously controlled the clock. And that's how you have to keep Jalen Hurts in this offense off the field. And a lot of teams have struggled with that. That's why the Eagles have won so many games. That's why they've dominated the second quarter. But if you look at some of the situations, when we were up 14 to 10, Jalen drew a nice, nice ball to, to A.J. Brown. And somehow in double, he, he almost beat the double team and then they took the ball away from him. If, he, if that doesn't happen, we're going up 21-10, to 10 and it's a whole different deal. Because I know Washington isn't as good as us. We play him, we will play him 10 times, and we beat him 8 of those 10 times. And unfortunately, like I said, I mean, it's just, you know, we didn't execute, you know. And, and like I say, it took, a, it took a confidence out of us for a while. And then, obviously, the fourth quarter. And that's when the comedy errors really began. Because we took the momentum back from Washington. If you watch the fourth quarter, and I'm sure you 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 watched it in reverse, we took the momentum back and we looked like we were gonna turn this we were gonna turn this and find a way. We were gonna find a way. But then that's that silly and sad no call of a face mask with you know, and then that led to to a turnover that shouldn't have been. And then obviously that also add insult to injury. Goes down with Goddard. Goddard has a shoulder injury. Luckily, he's it does not need surgery, but he's going to be out for at least a month, unfortunately. And then, and then, then the the Watkins catch, which to me, I don't know if you should blame him or not. The fact that he yeah. he had he had the ball yep. and he should have just stayed down. No, he should have got a just hold the ball. <laughs> yeah, and then he just fumbled it, and then you know. Like I said, as fast as our, as you know, as fast as uh, Devontae is, he almost could have gotten that and we would have been in business. But by that point, that was it, you know. And I left before the end of the game. And then I didn't see this at the end where Heineke, you know, slowed the ball and then Fletcher Cox ran into him when he was trying to, you know, it's just it's just a comedy of errors in that fourth quarter. The fourth quarter was really, was really a shame. And, like I said, if you're gonna lose, if we're if we're gonna lose this game, then I, then they obviously had had we almost had it coming. It seemed like, but but the the concern is the run defense. I mean, the last the last four games, last three game, basically since Pittsburgh, the last three games they've a- teams have averaged over 140 50 yards. That's not going to cut it if you're if you're going to win this if you're going to win this chip and. I mean, the Eagles are still up there in the top of this conference, but, you know, running, like I said, we're getting to that part of the schedule where running backs are licking their chops. You're facing Jonathan Taylor on Sunday, rushing champion. You're facing the Packers next on Sunday night after this, next Sunday night. They got two runners that can run the ball down your throats. And then of all the of all games, you got Tennessee and Derrick Henry, and you already know what he's capable of. So, like I said, the run defense has to be improved. It's it's obvious that that's a major major problem. Yeah, you bring in Limbaugh Joseph, 
he's he'll, he'll help a little bit, but still, you know, like I said the defense they have to you know they have to create they have to create a pass rush and they're struggling with that. I mean Taylor Heineke, I remember in on January when we played him late in the season, he was really really comfortable in the pocket, and for some reason he he likes playing he likes playing that way, and the Eagles for whatever reason can't adjust. And Terry McLaurin has a monster games. He's always, for some reason, he's always had monster games. So, I mean, yeah, if Carson played, of course we would have destroyed him because Carson doesn't have any confidence and he just, and we saw what we did to him in week three. But unfortunately, when you look at Taylor Heineke, he's much better for this, for this team and for this offense. And you can tell how much Washington has improved in the last month. And they could very well be in the playoff mix. They put themselves back in there. They got signature wins. This is obviously a signature win for them. So, unfortunately, there's still a lot to, to learn here. And there's a lot to, to de- desire. But, I mean, I still believe that this team is going to be okay. But this, is, but this run defense does give me cause to concern. And if you can't fix it, it's going to come back to bite you. And even though it really didn't bite us on Monday, it's going to bite us eventually. It's going to bite us eventually. And like I said, as much as I can look at, at, at Indianapolis and think that was a sure-five win, yeah, last week it was a sure-five win. But Matt Ryan's back. Matty Ice is back. Like Saturday knows what he's doing. He brought back. He activated him again. And you have Jonathan Taylor. And if you can't stop them, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't walk out of, out of Indianapolis with, with victorious. You know, a lot of it does come down to the idiotic turnovers and mistakes and defensive mistakes that they made. Um, obviously, the fumble by Dallas Goddard, you know, it should have been a face mask. It shouldn't have been a fumble, but it was, you know. You can't fumble that. Um, the Quest Watkins play was was ridiculous, man. Um, and, and even more ridiculous was that um, uh, Brandon Graham roughing the passer. I mean, come on, man. You're a veteran. This isn't. This isn't like uh, 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 Derek Barnett in his rookie year. You know, this guy's been in the league for what 13 years, and he's making that stupid ass play. I mean, come on. I mean, that, that that's terrible. But you know, I mean, I really, I don't want to trash Jonathan Gannon constantly. Um, I don't want to be one of these guys who like comes out of woodwork when somebody has a bad game, but. I mean, I had some reservations about Gang coming in this year based upon what he did last year. And um, when you look at the last two and a half games since Jordan Davis went down, I mean, it, it looks very similar to last year, you know? No adjustments at all. No, no ability to see what, the, what he has on his team and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, call a defense based upon that. He just, like, runs his base system, and that's it, you know? Very little blitzing base defense um guys just basically go one-on-one with everyone and uh whatever happens happens and you know there's no aggressiveness no nothing and i mean you're not gonna you're not gonna win in the nfl like that unless you're just that much better than everybody else and maybe with jordan davis they are that much better against the run that you know you can get away with it but once you start getting those injuries in the nfl you know, your coaches need to 
come up with something. And, um, you know, if we had, like, a guy like Jim Schwartz, Jim Johnson, you know, an actual defense coordinator that knows how to, like, design a defense and, and call plays, there's no way this these last two games this run defense would have gotten gashed like this, even without Jordan Davis, even with a washed up Fletcher Cox, they would have, they would have at least held their own. And, uh, that's, that's the biggest worry I have right now is, uh, if, if Jonathan Gammon can actually be a, a top notch defensive coordinator in this league, I don't think he's a head coach. I mean, everybody else seems to think he's a head coach. I don't see it, but you know, after this year, if they want to give him a job and the Eagles want to bring in, like, an experienced defensive coordinator like Vic uh, um, um, Fangio, I'd be more than happy with that. But, you know, obviously we got a, we, we got a Super Bowl run to hope for. But we need, a, we need good coaching to make that happen. Yeah. Um, another thing I would say, what got me about this game was I felt some – one of the big turning points when I was watching it was the two-minute drill. After two-minute warning, Washington put up, went up 17-14 in the first half. Eagles come out, and for some reason, I know they had one timeout, and I know they needed to pass. However, they threw an incompletion. Well, game will drops the first one. Second time, they give him – he gets the pass. He gets five yards. Then on third and five, Hurts doesn't see him right there and decides to throw uh, to AJ and it was high and outside so I don't, and I don't know how he didn't see him right in his face <laughs> but that would at least been a first down maybe something else would happen what wound up happening they give Washington back the ball with time left to kick another field goal taking the six point lead into the half uh so there's a lot of little things that happen that normally does not happen in the Eagles game um, that we're not used to, but he would have had an easy first down uh, if he caught uh, take care of that. Um, and I, and if I'm not mistaken, I thought you said something about Brandon Graham's uh, hit, and uh, if, if I heard you right. But I personally don't blame Brandon, um, even though he does take the blame for it, and I give him credit for being a stand-up guy. But it's just pure physics. He's running at him as his, as his coach do at full speed, and he tries to put on the brakes. He's actually on his knees <laughs> trying to stop himself and puts his hands out so as not to hit him with his helmet. And when Heineke decides to try to be slick with the old drop the knee nonsense, and it looks like he's about to get back up. So, matter of fact, I'm going to the spot now. I want to make sure if a whistle was – heard like so i'd be able to blame him for not hearing the whistle um in time because even when i was watching it at regular speed or actually i was on my way home so i didn't i saw it when i got out in the house um i said uh let's see what happened here because here he's running around da, da, da. oh i think i'll take a knee do but so much before you tear yourself a ligament but I'll give Heineke credit for, you know, getting us with that one. I mean, you guys with that nonsense, so I'll give you that. But it's a shame that you're allowed to just uh, give yourself up without a slide, that you can just drop a knee. Because we are, they're conditioned to deal with slides. But you're not expecting somebody to 
behind the uh, line of scrimmage to just say, oh, I'm giving up. And Heineke's all pumped up for himself, all happy <laughs> that he got away with that. However, those are all still go down as mistakes. Um, the uh, Even the fumble with Goddard, the face mask was horrendous. However, guys grab his face mask, other guy punches it out and puts him out. So I understand he's probably um, uh, hurting, but just the guy still secured the ball better. And of course, with um, my man Quez, I was calling my man. He did the right thing getting up. He just can't uh, uh, fumble. Um, and I think I know what was going through his head after when I'm watching a commander. I think it was a guy play. And I think he's thinking that was the only commander back there. So he's not thinking anyone's behind him. He's looking to his left. He sees a dude five yards in front of him and then prepare that there's somebody around. Can't be loose with it. And it's amazing because that play alone, you hold on to the ball, changes everything. And we know that we're scoring. Like, things. So all these little things happen. And like you said, um, it's expected to happen. I wasn't expected to go undefeated. It would have been very fun. But as long as I could collect my money in February, Indiana, take care of some business. I know they got a big time running back we got to deal with over there. But we got the key is we got to jump on these teams first so that they can't run the ball too much, and, and we'll be all right. Well, like I said, if you take away the fourth quarter, that was a comedy of – that was a fourth – the the Quez Watkins goof up and then that play there at the end on fourth down with a you know with a with Brandon Graham I mean it's just like I said I can't do that now obviously like I said we've been very lucky this year you know because obviously we're eight we were things but once you lose a game that's when things start you kind of start wondering how should 2019 the Patriots were the last team to lose. 2020, the Pittsburgh Steelers was the last team to lose. And then last year was the Arizona Cardinals. They all were one and done in the playoffs. All of them lost their playoff game. They were one and done, and they all were in the wild card. So they all f- felt they all fell apart there. So I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not trying to hope that this is that's a concern. How much do we recover? Because it's not about our execution dealers in 2020 won only one more game after that 11 to no start period. Arizona can't play at home. They couldn't win at home last year and still can't win at home. And then their road and, and as good as they were on the road, they felt they choked away that at the end of the year, the Patriots obviously with Brady was at the end of the ropes. Obviously that invincibility went away in 2019. And obviously that was look back at this game. Hopefully it's just a blip. It's not a trend. And hopefully things will get will get better and we'll we'll learn from this. And we will learn from this because this is still a very good team, very talented team. We're the only team in the NFL that's top five in total offense and total defense. So I'm not I'm not afraid of that. We're gonna be in every game. We should be favorites in every game still. So like I said, but still Something has to, you know, something has to get improved. Like I said, every team has a flaw, but we have to fix some of it. We'll be okay come next week's show after Indianapolis.
Yeah, I mean, I think they'll recover, but, um, I mean, you talk about patterns with uh, another pattern, man. Um, Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I think. I think. I. I mean, history says yes. We're going to be okay. But the other. But those other trends that I've mentioned are true. And <laughs> being the last team to lose doesn't always mean Lombardi Trophy at the end or even go season. So, but we'll we'll see. I mean, I think I think we'll be all right, and we'll just learn learn our lesson from this. So now. Last week, as we move along, we did our my favorite reaction or overreaction. Even though I gave you five questions, I had six bonus questions that I did not mention. And that was a certain receiver that's still on the men's, but is very soon, potentially as early as next week, will resign, will, will be back. He'll sign with the team, allegedly a contending team, help boost that team and their ch requests to win a championship, and that is Odell Beckham. Apparently, he is very much buying many, many, at least five teams he's very much interested in. Now, I, I don't know if the Eagles are one of them interested in, in an NFC, in more than one NFC's team, you never know, but a few other teams, this is, you know, you might not really want to care about talking about him and stuff, but give me a, 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 a where will you think Odell Beckham will end up? Just give me a team that he'll end up with. So go go right into this. Um, I'm going to say Buffalo. I think he's also not only just wants to be on a winning team, but he wants to be on a team where he's a featured player. And um, he would be a featured player there. And uh, he's got a little friend there in uh, Vaughn Miller who's trying to recruit him. So I'm going Buff Buffalo. Hmm. Okay, interesting one. Um, I would love to add him here only if if there's rumor that our our division rivals, that giant, the Giants and the Cowboys, are looking at him too. Anything to keep him away from the Cowboys, and I I'm not too concerned about the Giants for some reason. But um, either way, I would like to keep him if that's it. But if he goes to the AFC, fine, do what you want over there. Um, but you say he would be featured over Diggs. Um. I mean, well, I guess it'd be, you know, there's other side of him over there. But, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what he has left. Uh, since he hasn't played all year and see if he's fully recovered and all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, that, uh, Buffalo, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Well, I mean, you know, Buffalo would be smart. Obviously, because, you know, you get another dynamic receiver next to Stephon Diggs, and that would obviously help, you know, Josh Allen, especially late in games where he kind of struggles, you know, when Diggs gets double teamed. Because it's obvious that once you get rid of Diggs, there's not a lot of help on the other side. But obviously, Dallas is talking big time. Of course, they're, you know, they, they need another big time weapon because CeeDee Lamb is just a possession receiver. He's not a... He's not an elite receiver by any means the way they thought he was. 
You know, he's just like, you know, it's just what it is. But I hate to tell you all this. Remember, the New York Giants was his original team. He did a damn good job there on lesser teams, lesser giant teams. This is a Giants team that's they're still in the mix, and they're probably going to be in the playoffs at the at the at the rate this NFC is going. I wouldn't be surprised if if he comes home. He comes back home to 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 the Giants. Now I, I don't want that to happen. Obviously, none of us want that to happen. But remember, you know. Giants don't have that dynamic player, and they, you know, they don't have that dynamic uh, receiver right now. And obviously, Saquon's still out there and doing his thing. Why not? I mean, Daniel Jones is having a solid year. He's having a Pro Bowl year, caliber year. You know, as much as we not might not like it, as well as Brian Dable has helped this offense a lot this year. I wouldn't be surprised if if Odell, if he snookers the AFC, he'll come back to the Giants. And that could be a big, big deal. I wouldn't say it wouldn't be big enough to take the division from us, obviously. But they can make the playoffs, and they can actually do something in the playoffs. So we'll keep an eye on this situation. But we've come to to the point where we're past halfway. We're at week 10, or we, we're past week 10 now. And here we go again. Another top five conference list of AFC and NFC teams. So, you know the drill, Matt. You you start off first and give me your five AFC teams. We're going to go with the AFC first. So, go ahead. Oh, man. I mean, the AFC is a tough one. There's a lot of, there's a lot of teams that are really close together. Um you know, I'm going to start with number five. I'm going to go with Baltimore. You know, they haven't been they haven't been super impressive, but they're sitting at six and three. Um, if they can get healthy and just overall, um, more so that they're receiving the passing game. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I hate to put them this low. Especially since I've been riding them all, like betting and our picks and everything, but I'm going to put Miami at number four. I know they're leading the division right now at seven and three. Um, that offense has been putting up, but that defense is bad. It's 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 beyond bad, and uh, that's going to hold them back. Even though they're at seven and three and they lead the division, um, I think it's going to hold them back. So I'm going to put them at four. Um, at number three, two teams. Other than that, they're a real, uh, they, they got a really good D. They got Derrick Henry, but they just don't have that passing game. So number three, Tennessee. And then we get to number two, and I'm going to throw out the records here. But I'm going to put uh, Kansas City at number two. They might have the best record in the, in the AFC. But, you know, they've already lost to Buffalo. Um, you know, you can go either way with those two teams. But Buffalo beat them, so I'm gonna put uh, KC number two. And despite a little buff patch here for Buffalo, I'm keeping them at number one. Um, yeah, I mean they still got the offense, they still got the defense. They've had some injuries. Obviously, they gave that game away against Minnesota last week. That was a 
uh, I mean, that wasn't a game that like Minnesota beat them. You know, they gave that game away. And um, I, I don't have long term. And once Josh Allen's elbow gets better, they're still the best team in the AFC. Okay. Oh, Buffalo. All right. If, if we want to go from five to one, I'll, I'll throw in somebody that hasn't been used yet. The New Jersey Jets, 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 number five. But I, I like them. I like the, the coach got them fired up, taking care of some big wins. Or at least they were big at the time. We thought going to Green Bay was a big win. May not be that big. But still, good road victory. And they're good on the road, which is what I like about them too. So they have good road presence. They don't get shook. Um, They even went out to Cleveland earlier and beat them. And uh, I'm trying to remember the road win they had. So I'm I'm going with the the Jets at 6-3. and Number four. I'm going to slide down the road to old Baltimore. Ravens are still nice, leading their division, same record, and um, let's say can't go wrong. Um, they had some defensive issues that first month. Whew. They seem to have tightened it up a little bit, so I'm feeling better about them. Number three, is backed up state, I'm going to go with the buff. And I was a little Larry McKee. Yes, they got the receivers. They got a nice defense and even a nice running game. But Josh Allen regressing back to his old mindset from three years ago. And that's my concern. Well, he may have this games. Four. And not to mention the fumble between him and I mean, my goodness. Can't get the snap. I mean, that's I'm going to blame the center, blame him. Either way, there is no excuse for that to happen. So until I see him turn it back, Mahomes and always got Mahomes and Reed. They're always going to be good. That's one of the better combinations in football. And surprisingly for me, I got to go down to Miami. I did look at their numbers. I see what um, you're saying about their uh, defense giving up 241 points. So 24 points a game is not good to give up um and they just squeaked by a 252 points scored but Tua is just looking so awesome he hasn't thrown one interception in the past three three games i think since he's been back he hasn't thrown an interception if i'm not mistaken and he's been throwing three touchdowns a game so and when you uh got him just lighting it up back there um right now i gotta lean on them as the best going in the afc well, it's nice top five list. Mine's is about the same, but a little couple mixed ups here. So I will give you my f- top five. I'll put Tennessee at f- number five. They're they're not really impressive. They're not doing much. Their quarterback's play is not great right now. Obviously, with Tan Henry again, he has rush- 100 rushing yard games the last six weeks, and they're doing what they have to do defensively to play to be in games and to keep them in games. So, you know, Tennessee's a team that, like I said, you know, Mike Rabel's still my favorite coach and he still does what he has to do. So number five is Tennessee. Number four is my other, my other favorite team, the Ravens. I mean, obviously Lamar Jackson's having another MVP caliber year. 
Defensively, they're getting better, even though they were they struggled early in the year, and that's why they blew a lot of games early. They are starting to shape up as as the team that we thought they were going to be, and they could be still a threat. I mean, obviously, they have to f- fix a few things. They're in a tough division with Cincinnati, so we'll see how that goes here. But Baltimore's at four. And I agree with you, Kwame. I can't put the Bills any higher than number three because right now Josh Allen is playing very shaky. Yes, he has the elbow injury, but I didn't see that as an an issue on Sunday. I just say decision-making. His decision-making is starting to get to me. And, you know, Minnesota, that was a game they should have easily beaten them. I mean, Minnesota's nice, but I feel like that was a game that if you won that game – you're you're doing so much better. You're in great situation. But how big was this loss? Not only did you lose the game, you blow the you blow the lead, you lose the game, especially on a screwy on a screwy thing at the end with the drive and all that, where they give up the touchdown because they were all in that territory and stuff. You not only lose the game, lose the division lead, you're in third place now. You're a you're a six seed right now if the season begins. Behind the Jets. And like I said, it doesn't help that because you've lost two of your three losses are within the division, and the AFC East is obviously a hell of a division right now. Everybody makes the playoffs. Matt, we talked about this. It might be realistic this year, potentially, especially the AFC East, because the Patriots are playing decent, decent as well. You know Belichick. So at the end of the day, Buffalo needs to get needs to get going. And Sunday's loss was a very gives me more concern. Let's be honest, they're in a division where they can't be fooling around. They got to get going soon. Miami's at number two. Yeah, their defense sucks. What can you say? But their offense is is elite, and Tua is playing as as an MVP himself. Like I said, I mean, already, already the Cheetah has over a thousand, over a hundred, eleven hundred yards receiving. He's on pace to be the first regular season 2000 yard receiver and obviously they're running the ball better too but obviously Miami they just they have they're built to be in this position we all expected them to be in this position and they are obviously they struggled without Tua without Tua you know this you know this team is not any any threat you know they're probably the worst team in their division that's how tight the AFC East is and they're leading the division, but hey, they're doing what they got to do. They're doing what they got to do, and hey, we'll see how this goes. Miami has, I mean, we talked about the 72 Dolphins. They haven't, you know, Miami hasn't been relevant in, in a long time, Dan Marino, but even Dan Marino wasn't re- relevant in the 90s that much after <laughs> after his early start in his career. So Miami's at two, and why not? The Chiefs are number one. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, the Rocket, you know, Andy Reid, they're the establishment. They're the they're the team everybody chases every year. And they're back where they need to be. Yeah, they're not as perfect. They can be beaten and in situation, but still, it's the Chiefs. They're at number one for a reason. They've won they the last four years, you had to if you won win the AFC, you had to go to Arrowhead. And that might be the case again this year. Again. But we'll... All right. Now we go to the NFC side. And this one could be 
a little bit interesting because we got some differences. I'm sure we have some big time differences. So, Matt, go ahead with this one. surprisingly be the commanders and I know it sounds crazy because they just won but if you can come up to the best team of football and beat them and you do in this case it wasn't so much the talent I got to give big credit to the coaching for putting a good play uh, a good uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh I was thinking. I lost my hat <laughs> for putting together um, a good game plan. I mean, they came at the Eagles' weaknesses and they took advantage of it, and they just kept pounding the ball. They didn't let a Heineke get out of control. Only make the safe, the simple, safe passes, and he did so, except for the one that we snatched. Um, but for the most part, everybody was wide open. He threw to not for not much more than twenty yards, and they just hand the ball, hand the ball, hand the ball. And then defensively, they did enough to keep our guys 
a little confused, even though I don't blame, give them a whole lot of credit. I give them credit for punching the ball out. They played, they they went for the ball uh, and made sure that we fumbled uh, twice. And then the interception was a gift because when you look at the slow-mo, AJ gave, gave it to him, but I got to give the safety credit. He did what a safety is supposed to do. He saw his man getting beat, ran back there, got in there, so he did the right thing. So I'm going with the commanders for five. I'll make it next next one's quick. Um, I'm reluctantly going with Dallas, but you can't lose to 31 to them. Where's this great defense? And my buddy who just texted me now, who's a cowboy to me Monday night after the Eagles lost, and I had to give him the business. <laughs> and uh, for they have the nerve to bug, bug me about that. But anyhow, but I still have them at four only because. Eh, they are still six, and, and they're in the best division of football. Number three, the, number two, Minnesota, and Philly's still number one. All right. I mean, like I said, your you're top five, y'all top five loops are pretty unique, but now here's mine. And there's a tie at number five. We got the Bucks and the 49ers. Of course, yeah, the talent, all that, they won. But still, they, there's still flaws there. Jimmy Garoppolo, do you trust him at the end? I still don't, and like I said, there's still that problem with Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. How the hell are they supposed to use both of them? Like I said, there's there's there is a thing of they they're you know you can't execute it. There's a problem, and when you look at Tampa Bay, I mean obviously now it's it's not a coincidence that the last two games they've won because Brady and um and Giselle are are done, and that's now in on the shelf. But the problem is they're still not scoring points. This is not a Tampa Bay Buccaneer that's scoring 38 points like they used to do, like they used to. So I'm still thinking that the Bucs will probably be okay and be in the postseason, but they look like a one-and-done team if it, until, they, until they prove me otherwise. At number four, I put the New York Giants. I mean, obviously, they're still winning games. They're still finding ways to win. I mean, they're seven and two, and they're obviously doing what they have to do. But like you said, Matt, they haven't faced us yet, and they haven't played much division games. They only played one division game in nine games so far. So they have a they're going to be division heavy down the stretch. We're going to see how good they really are, especially if the Eagles are vulnerable on on Monday. They still may quietly be sitting sitting pretty, but like I said, we'll we'll see how good they really are down this stretch Cowboys are at number three and I'm I'm kind of like worried that they're they're at number three just they are starting to look they're starting to leak oil I mean we didn't y'all didn't bring up the Packers that was a game they should have won they were up 28 to 14 going into the fourth and and historically because it's Green Bay Aaron Rodgers that's his bitch Cowboys have been his bitch for years so it is what it is and Dak is starting to look like like something ain't right with him. You know, he doesn't look, you know, they're lacking an elite receiver. You know, defensively they're good, but it's not play well. That's something that does concern me as well because if he doesn't if he doesn't appear, Dallas is going nowhere in the postseason. And then again, as his NFC is starting that has written all over it, that could be troublesome. But I'm 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 but then again, I hate to do this to y'all too. The Eagles are at number two. And I'm going to tell you why the Eagles are at number two. The run defense. 
fix the run and make sure that that you can that you can execute get a defensive stop because even though yeah they they've turned over every offense they lead in turnover margin plus 15 they're way ahead and everything else Monday exposed why they're they're struggling against these teams they can't run the ball and they're and they're going to have run heavy teams coming up here in these next few weeks that 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 they're tied with the Vikings obviously by the tiebreaker but the tiebreaker that that luxury no more so the Eagles have to fix that but they're still good enough I think they're still going to be all, all right long term but short term they need to fix that run defense and Minnesota reasons one they beat the commanders after they struggled with them unlike us last week they went to Buffalo and they stomped on them at the end they win they they they're winning games they're they're the only team in the NFL that has a that has a a lead of four games in, uh, plus in the division. This is this is hey, Minnesota is sitting pretty right now. As much as we may hate hate to, to tell us this, and they, and obviously the Cowboys game Sunday is a big game for them. But I don't think they they're in bad shape right now. I think the Vikings are unlike us. They're sitting pretty in their division, and they could be in a rocking chair for the one seed if if the Eagles continue to struggle struggle with the run defense. So. Minnesota is number one, in my opinion, for now. All right. I, I I know, I know. But guess what? But guess what? I see, I see, I see what I see. But anyway, we have that much time. We don't have much time left, 10 minutes. So we have to hurry up with our bets. Matt, you know, we, you know, you know the deal, how, how we do quickly. Sweets results. Um, you know, I started off the season pretty hot, and I pulled down mostly one and one each week for a while. And this week was last week was no different. Um, took Miami, giving up three. Took Dallas, giving up five. And uh, they killed me, man. They killed me. I really should have gone with Tampa, like I was. I really wanted to, but whatever. So that puts me at um, nine and seven on the season. Um, Rob. Your predictions for week 11, your two games. Now that I see them, now that, yeah, I, I I can see that I can like that. Um, especially um, mine. Simply, I'm literally in shock as I'm looking at these numbers. 
Minnesota is home and an underdog to Dallas after what we just witnessed? And I, I keep thinking it must be something I'm missing, but I don't care. Give me Minnesota and a one and a half. There's, I'm, I'm, there's no way. And my second pick, which I normally don't do, but I'm doing it today because I it's got to happen. Well, oh, it's a road favorite, but I am so solid. They're going to fix their nonsense up and put Matt Ryan back to where he belongs. Philly minus seven. All right, scroll, scroll up, scroll up. Like I said, I mean, I'm pretty much schooling on bets. I'm not a fancy football guy, but I'm good at, at doing this. So scroll down to the commanders. Like I said, they, they, they like I said, they were they were obviously they were big winners on Sun on Monday night. They upset us. Right now they're playing the Texans and they're only getting three. And I don't like that. I think the commanders are gonna win comfortably. They'll beat Houston. Houston's not a good football team. Commanders, they're trying to get into the playoffs. They're trying to get into that into that situation where we're the better division than the AFC East side. So, Commanders. And then I look at the Bengals and the Steelers. Like I said, I've been messing with the – picking on the Steelers. Bengals are much better. They're getting their act together. I mean, obviously things are looking better for them. They're only a three-and-a-half point favorite. I don't like it. I think the Bengals are going to get the revenge on the Steelers after – if you look at the Eagles and Washington game last night, I'm on the Steelers. Okay. So, all right. If we have any time left, this dis- disappointments and surprises for the week. All right, this surprises and disappointments for this past week. they would lose that but you know what my bigger disappointment i think is those sorry rams what is the deal between them and the raiders the rams to lose at home to kate mr mccoy (laughs) 27 knew the rams are not gonna have a good year this year but i think they will be this bad after a championship oh was it okay Okay, and then eyes um, would be well. I was about to say Minnesota, but they, they were. It was actually a good game. The, the surprise was the Packers come in to beat those sorry Cowboys who are going to lose again next Sunday. Well, I could go with the Eagles and the Bills as my disappointments, but I'm going to go with my surprise first, and that is the Detroit Lions coming back on the road against a very hot Justin Fields. I mean. You know, give Dan Campbell a lot of credit. This is his first road win, and obviously he's done a, a decent job trying to keep this team relevant as much as he can. So 
give the Lions the, the chip there on the surprise. But the biggest disappointment is the damn goddamn Raiders. I mean, actually, you lose to an armchair coach, a guy. And here's what's sad, and I'll make this quick. On, on October 30th, Jeff Saturday tweeted the Raiders were horrible. And he backed it up by beating them and made Derek Carr... Oh, we can't do it. <laughs> Josh McDaniels, he's lucky he can't be fired, but guess what? You know, as dumb as as Mark Davis is, and he's a dumbass straight up, he, they're going to one, obviously. Tennessee going to Green Bay. It's a finally a great Thursday night. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you there. I can imagine the Packers winning again, but they are home. So that's kind of helpful to them. But I will still go with the Titans, and I will say the score will be uh, whole team. They're going up north. I, I'm thinking that Christian Watson, yeah, he doesn't, yeah, he had a great game. I don't think he's going to be like that. He's not an elite receiver by any means, but he had a great game. Nine yards. Yeah, Derrick Henry's going to run the ball. That's what he does. But Aaron Rodgers, remember, I don't care how I can't stand him personally. He's still a great quarterback, and he's still at home. And I can see the Packers winning this game. So I'm going with the Pack and the final score, 27 to 24. All right, that's all we have for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Pretty complex. And join me and Matt on Sunday. He, You know, now he produces on Sunday the way Matt, the way Kwame now produces the look here. That's all we have for this episode. So enjoy, enjoy the games last night. And yeah.